Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. So last week sometime, the CDC decided to come out with their return to school procedures and policies, which of course everybody's been making fun of, and rightfully so, because they can't keep their heads on straight, they can't keep their lies straight, and uh, their story is continuing to fall apart piece by piece. And the thing that people need to keep in mind, too, about the Center for Disease Control and Prevention is they're a private entity. They're not affiliated with the government. They are a private entity, which means foreign agents can can fund them and do fund them. Our tax dollars go to it, unfortunately, but outside agencies uh, also have a giant role to play when it comes to the CDC's continued existence. And if you think that foreign countries care about us or care about the way that we live our lives or the freedoms that we have or our children, they certainly don't. They're, they're not interested in any of that. So there's just one part of this that I wanted to read because it's very telling. Just the title of itself is, is remarkably telling. And it's titled Continuum of Risk. By learning model and implementation of proven mitigation strategies. So again, they're putting this out there to basically say, if a kid sneezes, you'd better toss him in a body bag and run him out of the building as fast as you possibly can, including in the future. And the more this happens, well, the less sick we'll all be and it'll be just fine. These people don't want to go back to any kind of normal based on the way that things were in the past. And I've spoken about it before, of course, but schools have now completely destroyed themselves because they've created school choice, which is the one thing that they never wanted to create in the first place. So now you have a lot of schools that aren't even going to go back five days a week. Personally, I think that's a good thing. I don't think they have to be in school five days a week to learn. They certainly don't. And what they're actually going to end up doing, a great deal of them, In particular, these ones that are claiming that they can't go back at all, they're going to be the ones that are actually exercising the most school choice with the most regularity. They're going to be the ones that are going back two days a week in person and then two days a week at home over the internet all of the time. And they'll probably remain that way, even though the vast majority of schools all over the United States are back 100%, but you wouldn't know it listening to the news, and you wouldn't know it turning turning on your television. So this particular section of their COVID-19 regulations, so to speak, again titled Continuum of Risk, it says, quote, in general, the risk of spread of COVID-19 in schools increases across the continuum of virtual hybrid to person to in-person learning. So that's right. You just read that. You heard that correctly. You can spread COVID-19 virtually. The sentence reads again. I'm going to read it again. It's just laughable. In general, the risk of spread of COVID-19 in schools increases across the continuum of virtual hybrid to in-person learning. They're doing whatever they can with their word games now to make it sound like you can't leave your house unless you're going to get, you know, uh, or you're going to get sick or make someone else sick. It's beyond ridiculous. It continues, quote, The risk for hybrid and in-person learning can be lowered depending on the mitigation strategies put in place and the extent to which they are followed. While not exhaustive, this stratification attempts 
to characterize the risks of spread among students, teachers, and staff across the continuum. And they have lowest risk, some risk, medium risk, high risk, and highest risk. So here we go. Lowest risk. There's only one bullet point. It says students and teachers engage in virtual only classes, activities, and events. That's the lowest risk activity that you can engage in that will eliminate the chances of anybody getting sick. Some risk of contracting COVID-19. Quote, hybrid learning models where most students and teachers participate in virtual learning and some students and teachers engage in in-person learning with small in-person classes, activities, and events, cohorting, and alternating or staggering schedules rigorously applied, no mixing of groups of students and teachers throughout across school days, no sharing of objects between students and teachers, no sharing of objects between students and teachers. Let that set in for a minute. Let Let that soak in. No interpersonal contact between students and teachers is what that says. It's basically all that means. Don't hand a student a pencil. Don't shake their hand. Don't pat them on the back. Don't do anything like that. Don't touch anything that they have. Don't pick up a workbook. Don't pick up a book. Nothing. Don't do that. You'll get them sick. The next one says students, teachers, and staff. We're still under some risk, by the way. (laughs) It's just beyond ridiculous. Uh, Students, teachers, and staff following all steps to protect themselves and others at all times, including proper use of face masks, social distancing, and hand hygiene. And then the last one for this some risk category, regularly schedule and consistent i.e. at least one daily or between uses, cleaning of frequently touched areas. Good Lord. The obsessive-compulsive disorder, again, that they're creating within these school environments is something that just won't be able to be measured. It's, it's, It's far too high at this point. Some people have just fallen for it and they've taken the bait. Okay, the next one says medium risk. Hybrid learning models, where most students and teachers engage in in in-person learning and some students and teachers participate in virtual learning with larger in-person classes, activities, and events, cohorting and alternating or staggered schedules applied with some exceptions, some mixing, minimal sharing of objects between students and teachers. So you can only share pencils and hand things to students some of the time, not all of the time. You know, because all of this makes sense. Oh, my. Uh, Students, teachers, and staff following all steps to protect themselves and others, such as proper face masks, uh, social distancing, hand hygiene, blah, blah, blah. Regularly schedule at least daily or between uses cleaning of frequently touched areas. Higher risk. Uh, Students and teachers engage entirely in in in-person learning activities and events with some mixing, some sharing of objects, 
and some and a regular cleaning of frequently touched areas. So they're just changing the words, and they even bold, they embolden the words here. So they go from no mixing to minimal mixing to some mixing to frequently mixing. That's it. They're just changing the words. There are no statistics to back any of this up. There are no studies to back any of this up. There's no logic or critical thinking to back up any of this. It's the flu, ladies and gentlemen. That's all. It's just the flu. And then people are screaming and yelling on their televisions, and people are believing it and running around like crazy people. Uh, yeah, the highest risk, again, is students and teachers engage entirely in in-person learning, students mixing freely between classes and activities, students and teachers freely sharing objects, students and teachers and staff do not, are not following the steps to protect themselves, such as proper use of face masks, social distancing, and hygiene, and irregular cleaning of frequently touched areas. So they're basically saying you're at the highest risk of getting sick if you do those things. If you do the things that I just said, that I just read, then you're going to get sick. That's what the CDC says. It's, it's, uh, it's getting out of hand here. There has, to be a, there has to be a trial for crimes against humanity on this. There has to be. There is no way that this can continue to, to, to play out the way that it is because the New World Order crowd and the powers that be will pull this card again. They'll pull this card again anytime they want. They'll just yank it out and they'll say, uh-oh, here comes another variant of a disease that no one's seen or heard of. We have to go back into lockdown central and lockdown this, lockdown that. It's, it's just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And they've got a little video here. Oh, this will be good. Give this a listen. As schools gear up for fall, they should implement strategies to promote healthy behaviors to protect students, staff, and communities and slow the spread of COVID-19. Like encouraging students and staff to stay home when sick. Washing hands often for at least 20 seconds. And encouraging students and staff to wear a cloth face covering, especially when it's hard to keep at least six feet apart. When it comes to slowing the spread of COVID-19, no single strategy is perfect. Think of each strategy as a slice of Swiss cheese. Every strategy has holes or limitations. However, the holes or limitations of one strategy can be offset by the benefits of another. As you put more strategies in place, like stacks of Swiss cheese slices, you're more likely to cover the holes and strengthen your approach to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Together, parents, schools, and communities can slow the spread of COVID-19. For more information on strategies that schools can put in place, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19 or the website shown on the screen. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese is the comparison that they're making here. I wonder if a rubber mallet is... A slice of Swiss cheese. Why not? Just knock people in the head with a rubber mallet. Maybe that'll be all it takes. Maybe that'll keep people from getting sick. It's absolutely nuts. They're not even thinking anymore. They're just not even thinking.
cloth face masks don't work. They're even lowering the age, I might add, for children that they're saying should wear them. I remember they were saying no one younger than 10. No one younger than 10 should wear them. And then they went, no one younger than 8 should wear them. And they went, well, no one younger than 5 should wear them. Now guess where it is. Quote, masks should not be placed on children younger than 2 years old. Anyone who is who has trouble breathing or is unconscious or anyone who is incapacitated or otherwise unable to remove the mask without assistance. They don't work. And the age now is two. No one under the age of two should wear one. So a one-year-old shouldn't wear them. Well, good. Thanks, CDC. Thanks for telling me and everybody else how to parent and how to take care of our own fellow citizens. It's beyond nuts. It's just beyond nuts. There are three more videos here on the CDC's site, and I've got to play them because they are laughable. So, here goes. Before school begins this fall, there are several strategies that schools can take to create and maintain a healthy environment. A few examples include cleaning and disinfecting frequently touched surfaces, discouraging students from sharing items, ensuring proper ventilation, and spacing out seating by at least six feet. When it comes to slowing the spread of COVID-19, no single strategy is perfect. Think of each strategy as a slice of Swiss cheese. Every strategy has... Each school should work with local health officials to determine what to do and make decisions based on what is feasible, practical, and tailored to the needs and circumstances of the local community. By maintaining a healthy environment, schools can protect students and staff and slow the spread of COVID-19. For more information on... So they're using the Swiss cheese analogy over and over and over again. It's like Swiss cheese. If somebody in the government says jump and you say how high, that's another slice of Swiss cheese. It's just uh, these people. They're not... I, 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 I got nothing. I got nothing. Here's another one. Maintaining healthy operations. It's under that section. Again, reopening schools. Here we go. This school year will look different due to COVID-19. To protect students and staff, schools are putting strategies in place to maintain healthy operations and reduce the spread of COVID-19. A few examples include putting students into groups and having them stay together throughout each day and across weeks. Staggering students... Segregation. That's called segregation. And the image that they use is just ridiculous. It's two groups of students and they're all kind of together and then they just separate them and you just see them sliding across the floor into two separate groups. How, how in the hell can you maintain that kind of segregation all day long, day in, day out within a school building? Number one, it's illegal. Number two, 
Why would any parent think that any of that is healthy under any circumstance? It's the least healthy thing possible. You're, you're bringing back segregation. I mean, segregation never left the school system in the first place. Let's get real about that real quick. It's always been there. It's always been there, and it still is. But this is next-level segregation. Now let's see how they're going to bring them back in buses. Rival and drop-off times by group. And having virtual events when possible. When it comes to slowing the spread of COVID-19, no single strategy is perfect. Is it Swiss Think cheese? Think of each strategy as a slice of Swiss cheese. Oh. Every strategy has holes or limitations. However, the holes or limitations of one strategy more can cheese. be offset by the benefits of another. As you put more stra- My God, the cheese thing. It's not even a viable example. Comparison, metaphor, analogy, whatever. It's not, uh, no. <laughs> No, no. We have to murder Billy. Think of murdering Billy as a slice of Swiss cheese. If Billy comes down with coronavirus and we murder Billy, that's like another slice of Swiss cheese, which decreases the likelihood of anybody getting COVID-19. Remember, everybody, murder Billy. These people are nuts. The next video. This is called... <laughs> This one's going to be good. This one's called Prepare for When Someone Has COVID-19. This is where Billy gets thrown into a body bag. Oh, this is going to be good. Preparing for COVID-19 means having a plan in case someone gets sick at school. This means having a plan on how to isolate and transport that person, how to clean and disinfect the area, and the best way to notify local health officials and people who may have had close contact with the person who is sick. Schools should also have guidelines on when the person who is sick can return to school. Parents should reach out to schools if they have questions about reopening plans or how the school will accommodate children with special needs. Together, parents, schools, and communities can slow the spread of COVID-19. To learn more, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19 or the website shown on the screen. Blah, 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 blah. Wah, 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 wah. It's just Charlie Brown's teacher all over again. Wah, 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 wah. <sighs> grab Billy by the belt. Have two other teachers grab him by the limbs. Get on the top floor of the school building and give it the old heave-ho out the window. Remember, be safe at school and exterminate children who have COVID-19. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to do this with every single time, like I said, when a student sneezes or has a common cold. They're going to throw masks at them. They're going to hit them in the face with a, with a box of masks. They're going to spray them down in the face. I already, I already went over the school teacher in Florida who sprayed her kids with disinfectant, and now she's out of a job for the rest of her life. Off to the Starbucks line for her, serving up lattes to God knows who. Uh, she's, you know, that, that teacher's finished. But goodness gracious, the violence that's going to occur within K-12 school buildings 
as a result of everybody believing this nonsense. And again, it's thank God it's not everybody. That's the silver lining here. It's not everybody. It isn't. The smartest schools aren't doing any of this. And they know it, and they know it's ridiculous, and they're just going about their business in, in an orderly fashion the way that they always did. Those schools exist, ladies and gentlemen. They exist. Which means if they exist in one place, they can exist in any place. But man, if you're going to have some whack job administrators believing this hook, line, and sinker and taking the bait every single time, it's game over for an average student or even an average teacher who just has a cold. Comes to school, blows their nose, uh-oh, it's time to hose them down, take them in the back, and exterminate them. I can't think of a more unhealthy environment right now than an environment that's actually doing any of this. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Don't forget to check out AmericanEducationFM.com where you can make a small donation or even email us and be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, never stop learning, never stop reading, and never stop unlearning. Thanks for listening, and God bless.